Owl Nation, stand up. Happy Tuesday, April 26th, All or Nothing podcast. Chris Lynn, Jay Turiano. We have two very, very special guests we're going to hold off a minute on. But the best, the best part about today is with this many guests, Ken Sweeten doesn't get a microphone. <laughs> Which I was saying I was upset about that. Well, he's still in the room with us, so he's, I mean, he'll still chip in a little bit, but I, I'm sorry. It was a joke. I'm not I'm just joking around with you. That's all. Hey, big week coming up next week for May 2nd, Owl Awards. Yeah, looking forward to the Owl Awards. Yeah, we got our um, alumni networking event. That's going to take place the same day. Then we got some special guests that are going to be talking to our freshman and sophomore student athletes. So it's awesome. We're looking forward to that. So, so can you believe it's a week away? We've been planning for this thing for so long, and we're one week away from it. Yeah, it's finally here. Can't wait for the Owl Awards. I'll be hosting the red carpet. Kirsten, you're going to be hosting the whole event, huh? I'm the MC. They've they've asked me to do that. I'm, I'm I was shocked. They asked me to do it, so I can't wait. That's my to awesome hear. personality, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. We had a busy, busy weekend in Owl Sports this weekend. Track, yeah. Track went to Yale and competed, did well. Uh, baseball won three out of four against Pace, um, and softball picked up two W's yesterday. So it was a good, uh, good weekend to be an Owl. Yeah. Before I keep going, I just want our listeners to know that we lost Will Wright and Sam Burrell, two Southern legends. So this this episode is in honor of them. Our two guests today are, are legendary track and field coaches here at Southern Connecticut. Um, coach Jack Maloney, Coach Jim Barber. We're pumped to have you guys here. Much more than just track coaches, by the way, but that's um, how we're going to we'll sort of segue into this. So welcome aboard today. Well, pleasure to be here. Thank, thank glad you to very have much. You guys. Really, really glad to have you guys. Now, I've been fortunate enough. I've been here for a pretty long time. I was here as a student when... Um, Coach Maloney and Coach Wright were our, our men's track coaches, and Coach Barber was our, our women's track coach. So I've known them for quite some time. Two of the greatest individuals we've had coach here. They put some phenomenal programs together and, and very well-accomplished coaches. Yeah, so why don't you tell us quickly, you know, your journey, your Southern journey. We'll start with you, Coach Barber. When, when did it start? My Southern journey started yeah. as a student. Okay. Okay, so I'm a Southern alum. Uh, came here part-time in 1960, and... I actually met Will when he came in 1963, and that is a story in and of itself. <laughs> I was an athlete at football and track and field. When I graduated, uh, Will was my coach for a couple of years, uh, 63 and 64, and that in, in and of itself is just a whole different experience because one of the things Will used to say all the time is that um, when he came to Southern, he had to make a major adjustment because he had six guys on the team, four were married, one was... <laughs> Owners engaged in the other one didn't have a clue. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting because um, for me, I was uh, you know, married with a kid, working full time. And, you know, we'll, I didn't really know how we were going to match up. Um, but what I found very quickly was that Will's a, he's a consummate coach, people person. And whatever he had to do in order to ensure that you were as successful as you could be based on your ability. He was going to do that. So for me, for a guy who never worked out with team, mm-hmm. except on the days when we were doing really handoffs, you know, to have a guy come down and, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 3 o'clock or whatever time that, that uh, he could get there 
was just a whole new experience for me in terms of you know coaching. So, um, but that that's kind of how kind of how it all started. They were tremendous people for the institution. Um, yeah, I mean, I first came to Southern to work with Will. It was 82-83 season. And um, he knew that they were doing some changes over at the University of New Haven. We had some success over there, but they had a new AD in, and he wanted to make some changes. So, you know, I was very active with my business, so I said to Will, I said, you want me to help you out? And he said, I'd love to have you. So that began our relationship. Will say what Jimmy has saying, <clears throat> talked about when he coached him as an athlete is that as a head coach after his teaching responsibilities and as an assistant coach, Will would meet any athlete at just about any time if that was because of his schedule. Uh, somebody that had, a la had labs, he'd say, okay, I'll meet you at 11 o'clock and we'll do this, you know. So he was, you know, really... Uh, for the student-athlete, for their development, for the development of them as a student and, and as an athlete. You know, he wanted them to be the best. The kids knew that. And he also wanted them to be good students. You know, he was a good student. He was smart. So, Coach Barber, we, we talked a little bit off-air before this. You, um, you, if you tell a story, you coached football with Coach Wright, too, did you not? Yep. Back in the mid '60s, it was '60. Well, with just our coach, with uh, Jess Will, that that then Frenchy Francisco '64, '65. I think just those two years, uh, because I think Harry Shea came in in '66, and that's kind of when I went totally track and field, cross country, and moved away from football. There's a I love it. There's a picture floating around somewhere. Ken has it of. It's a coach's picture, and you guys are taking. I think it's in the main. I think the pictures they're taking it in the main library out front. And you and Coach Wright, and I always when I first looked at it the first couple of times, I I always just thought it was a track and field coaching picture until I realized you guys were in football shirts. So that's how I found out um, that Coach Wright. I mean, I knew you coached football, but I didn't know that uh, Coach Wright was um, was a football coach. Yeah, he actually was freshman football coach. One, and then if you were part of the freshman program, you were also part of the uh, varsity program. So. Coach was across the board, I think, until probably about 60, probably about 68, 69, from 63 to 69. Yeah, he, he was an awesome man. In fact, Jay, when I, when uh, Bill Sullivan was the equipment manager, there was a summer where he, he took some time off and, and he allowed me to sort of run the room. And that's how I got to know Coach Wright and Coach Maloney so well. And I used to laugh because... I had such a great experience then, but Coach Wright would come downstairs in the morning, almost every morning, he'd go through the closets, he'd set everything up, he'd do everything. And if I ever had bad news, that was the guy I wanted to deliver the bad news to. He was the guy who'd be like, Coach Wright, this is what happened. He'd go, we'll figure it out, don't worry about it. And then he'd leave, so and that'd be, take that, it very oh, easy. that would be it. I mean, I don't know if I would tell Coach Maloney, I think I would tell Coach Wright, and he would deliver the news to, uh, to Coach Maloney. But. You, you remember he had his own track equipment locker yeah. with his own locks? Sure do. So the first thing they had to do was break... Break the lock. <laughs> no, break him in. That, that, that Will had the key. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't trust anybody else. No, because, no. No, he, you know, the, the shots and everything were in one area. This was an area. He had the first time I'm head coach. He goes, let me bring you downstairs. I'll show you where everything is. He, Sully goes, Will, you got the key. He opens up his own key. opens everything yeah. up. And he was so organized. Like we, with he, anything we needed, we had. It was in that closet. I mean, we had. He was such a well organized person. It was. It was a. It was a pleasure to work with him. It was, it was you great. You know, when you talk about organization, as these things pop into my head, I just 
I get the job. It's the summer. He says, come on over to the house. I just want to show you a few things. He had moved to Milford. I lived in Milford, not, not too far from each other. So I go over to his house. I go, what's up? He goes, here, look at this form right here. Fill it out. I says, fill it out. So he goes, it was the request to Louise for the meals. <laughs> he said, I just want to make sure you do this right. That's important, right? <laughs> Take care of Louise. <laughs> so I said, okay, coach. He goes, I don't want you to get bogged down with these forms. So. <laughs> oh, he was awesome. And I'll tell you another quick story, Jay. That was uh, it, uh, Coach Hines and I talk this all the time. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. Um, Coach Barber used to run these track meets here in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, they were youth track meets, were they not? <clears throat> Mostly youth, but also USATF Connecticut. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the US, so, so we meet in the morning. We have some new student workers that are just starting for the summertime. They don't know anybody from anybody. So yep. Coach Hines says to uh, this new student worker, he says, listen, he says, if anybody asks you for anything at all, you tell them no. I don't care who it is. If they ask you for something, you tell them no. Yeah. So kids just say, okay. So like five minutes later, this kid comes back over. He goes, I think I, I think I pissed off the wrong guy. <laughs> I said, why? He goes, well, this guy asked me to get him some tables. I told him no. <laughs> I was like, well, who's the guy that he asked? And I looked over and he points to Coach Barber. And I said, please tell me you didn't tell him no. And he goes, were you <laughs> mad, Coach? Do you remember this? Were you mad? <laughs> you know, oh, I love it. Know, but it probably happened. <laughs> So what's one thing that Coach Wright taught both of you that, you know, you've always, you know, stuck with your whole life? Is there anything that he taught? I wish I could say one thing, but, um, you know, like Jack, Will and I had a long-term relationship that was so healthy Mm -hmm. that you could talk about anything. I mean, it didn't, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, uh, civil rights. I mean, you know, I know things about his family that that no one else would would have shared. He knows things about my family. You know that uh, that no one else would have shared. I mean, it's just nothing was off limits. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was just that kind of person, and you knew you were always going. You didn't always agree on everything, but you knew you were always going to get a straight answer and a solid response in regard to. And so, I can't pinpoint. You know, if you pinpointed one thing, you know, Jack like Jack Davis organization, but that that is such a small part of 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 the relationships we had that I I literally cannot pinpoint any one thing. Okay. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. You know. How about you, Jack? I, I think, you know, as a coach, you're pretty confident in your own ability. Yeah. And Will had great organizational skills. And I had come from business, so I had my own set of skills. You know. But I was amazed he could coach every event. Yes. That stunned me. Okay. Some a little weak on, I could add some things into certain things, but he could go from the sprints and the hurdles right to the high jump to the pole vault to the hammer to the quarter he he was you know he was a consummate physical education person who applied athletics to all this um him and jimmy were constantly talking to field event kids uh about physics and made him take physics classes say go take a physics class you'll get better at your event Another thing that Will used to say that Jimmy used to say, too, was they would always say the great field event kids, by the time they get to be juniors, seniors, they're almost self-coached and almost coaching the younger kids because they've absorbed so many things. I remember once we were at the NCAAs and it was at um, 
uh, damn, that's school out in Kansas. Oh, Emporia? Emporia. Yep. If you stood up in the stands, you lost your seat. It was a packed house packed. outside. Yeah, because people out there, that's, that's the only game in town. So they mm -hmm. all came to the NCAAs. We had a triple jumper, Ricardo McDonald. He's on the runway. He's doing his run-throughs. He can't find the board. And Will and I are sitting in the stands, and you can't go down. You could run down to the, to the, to the edge of the stands, but you can't do anything. But he spotted us. So Will's gone half a step back, down again. Can't find the board. He goes, one more time, can't find the board. Now they're calling him up. Will goes, change feet. <laughs> He's like just going, I've always gone left. He goes, change to the right. How do you do? Come down, lay the 50-footer out, right up, boom, right. boom, boom. The kid's like, he comes out of the pit like this, and, and now the, the pressure's, you know, he got to jump in. He got to right. mark in. It was 50 feet. And we're like just going, thank God. <laughs> because that can happen to all jumpers where the, you know, something, yeah. you know, it's a different runway. They're used to yep. certain speed. High jump too. They're used to a certain speed, so you know. Uh, in the NCAA, just they just have all sorts of restrictions on when you can get into certain areas and this and that. You know. So anyway. So my producer Ken Sweeten wants me to ask both of you about the 1981 NCAA track and field events. Oh, what a oh my God! What a great great. Now we're at the NCAA. Okay. No runners. All field event athletes. You want to talk about kids stepping up at this plate and performing at their top level? We had a pole vaulter who was just crazy, but cocky. Okay. <laughs> he was not supposed to be even be in the, in the final five. Mm -hmm. Gets on the runway. He's the first, first vaulter. We'll talk to him a little bit. Comes down the runway, first vault, makes it bang. Waves at the crowd and goes. And <laughs> that was it. Lay <laughs> down, okay. The kids who really were, were, were supposed to win the event. I mean, they got so freaked out. But really, it 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 is it is what Will had done to prepare him to be there. All my jumpers placed. I mean, it was just it was an absolutely amazing. Tom McDermott's hammer throwers all all got. Um, I think we got five places in the hammer. But it was you know no other team that I know of in the country has ever gone into. NCAA competition with just feeling people or just, I mean, I've seen some people going with runners. Yeah. But it was amazing. But literally, when you look at, 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 at that particular event to get second place in NCAA with all field events, it was just the most amazing. We were just. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. And, yeah. and by the way, no scholarships. Oh, right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, unheard, that's, right. Absolutely. that's unheard of. <laughs> some, of our, some of our coaches still talk about no scholarships, so. Well, you um, know, but we, we didn't miss the scholarships. We didn't have it. Right. We didn't know we were missing. Right. Coach Barber, talk about your time. Um, you grew up in Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Talk about your time there and, and how you ended up here at Southern Connecticut of all, of all places. It's interesting. Um, I was really, <clears throat> I grew up in D.C., you know, which was a great city. You know, a lot of stuff for youth and that kind of stuff. Uh, my grandmother moved here to Connecticut. My mom then later followed my grandmother. I did not want to leave high school. Uh, and come to, to Connecticut until I graduated. So finally, I wound up here, and I didn't go to college right away. I worked at VA Hospital out in West Haven full-time. But there was an alum, Joe Berry, who was a branch, branch manager at, at a bank in West Haven. And every two weeks, when I would go and, you know, cash my check, 
Joe would be in my ear about this place called Southern Connecticut. I didn't even know what the place was. Yeah. Okay. Southern Connecticut State College. You know, Jim, you know, you should really. So finally, I decided, oh, what the heck. Yeah. I would take a course because I finished electronic school. Took a course. And when I walked into this door, Ruth Reynolds, who was the dean of students, was just such a personable person. And she made me feel like I was home. And it's just, you know, it was one of those situations where you walk in, somebody embraces you. You feel like this is the place I should be. And the rest is history. I mean, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the listeners, how, how long have you been on this campus for? Since 1959. It's pretty impressive. Very impressive. Very. Talk about, um, and I didn't know this until I did a little research. You you started the SEOP program here on campus? Yeah. When I, uh, when Dr. Moore, okay, you know, who the builder's name yep. after, had, had called me on my, I had graduated. I was uh, director of education in another program. And Doc had called me and said um, that one of the faculty members was taking a job at University of Colorado. And he and Dr. Bewley had, had discussed it and they were wondering if I'd be interested in, in uh, come, you know, coming back. And so, um, you know, when I graduated from Southern, you know, there were only five kids of color in my graduating class. So I wasn't sure I really wanted to come back. Uh, so I, you know, I raised the question with Doc. I said, Doc, you know, um, if I come back, will I have a voice? He said, I'll discuss it with Dr. Billy, the president. So to make a long story short, they said, come back, you'll have a voice. When I came back, one of the things that I thought needed to be done was we needed to kind of change the landscape. Put a proposal before the cabinet. Uh, they accepted it. Um, the proposal was to establish an SEOP pilot program where we could reach out to, you know, students of color. And uh, again, the rest is history. I mean, this will be the 50th year of the program. It's amazing. Like yeah. I said, I didn't know that until we... Uh so until I started to do a little bit of research about it. Yeah, we had the great Zumba event the other night, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I had fun at that. <laughs> this this is a good Jim Barber, Will Wright story that I know. I love it. This is the stuff we want. <laughs> As Jimmy's career here was moving along, Amherst College reached out to him and uh, wanted him to become the track and field coach and – he wanted to do some other things on campus in, in conjunction with the job. So I was with Will one day, and he goes, I think Jimmy's pretty serious about this. And I go, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to call him up and tell him he's really not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do that? <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy turned it down. <laughs> so, Jack, I know you know, you know Coach Wright really personally. Yeah. What do you think drove him day to day? You know, personally and, and athletics. Um, lo love of the love of sport. Mm -hmm. um, he he felt fulfilled on the field. He um, liked being around younger people. Always said it keeps you young. Um, <clears throat> I think he got really got a, a real fulfillment as he got later into life and he was coaching some pretty good athletes that, you know, they would, where they were attached to him at the hip. And he was um, very religious, but didn't, you didn't know it, but it came through in how he handled people. Um, very smart, uh, but you didn't know it mm -hmm. because he wouldn't dress anybody down about anything. Um, he, he was, um, he was pretty unique. He, he was a pretty unique person. 
I think, you know, when you look at Rome, Rome was a blue-collar guy. Yes. Southern is a blue-collar school. Mm -hmm. And the challenge for him to inspire, motivate young folks, you know, young folks, most of whom were, this was, they were first-gen people, yeah. was always a challenge to him. <clears throat> and I think that, that, you know, when he woke up in the morning, okay, when he put his head down on his pillow at night, I think he, he, he was like, okay, <clears throat> have I done everything I need to do today? And if not, then first thing in the morning, I need to, I need to start, start on that again. Uh, so, I mean, I was always impressed with, with his ability to be able to meet you wherever you are and try to help you to move to whatever the next level was or the next level that you aspired to, you know, to be. He was basically, Will was a blue, I, I, and that's not that say he couldn't have coached at Yale or Harvard, or yeah. but Bill was a blue-collar guy. Yes. And with, that, that's what we are. Without a doubt. You know, another <laughs> thing that was famous for Will was his Corvettes. <laughs> Ooh, he drove some nice Corvettes. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and then uh, with uh, marriage and the family, he switched to a pickup truck. Right. But the Corvettes were infamous. And one day he still had the, or the, the last one, the orange one. And it was so famous, John Crosby came back to school to visit Abe men's gymnastics and mm -hmm. uh he he saw will and the first question was got the corvette <laughs> <laughs> let me give you a corvette story because i'm i'm probably the only person that, that i'm prob probably the only person that had dri has driven both of his corvette okay <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> did you open them up <laughs> did you open them up <laughs> you know the first one was black and white and the second was orange but <clears throat> we're, we're recruiting in kind of a low-income neighborhood. When we pull up in a Corvette, you know, there's a group, group of guys out there. So I said, well, let me take care of this. <laughs> so I called the kids over. I said, hey, look, I'll give you guys <clears throat> a dollar piece if you will stay outside <laughs> and watch the car while we're talking <laughs> to the kids, right? So I paid the kids off <laughs> right away, right? So Will and I go in, the, go in to talk to the athlete, yeah. you know, and, and, and his mom. We came out, the kids were, they, they were right there. I mean, <laughs> Did you get the recruit? Did you no, get the no, recruit? No, no. He went to Eastern New Mexico. <laughs> Will was, was so much fun to be with. We were at the Milrose Games in, in Mass Square Garden. Had two relays. And they both had finished the night. And they, we always had this uh, thing, okay, 10 o'clock after the Wanamaker Mile, we'll meet right here. So we're walking, Will and I start to walk around. And it was the, I think Manufacturers Hanover was one of the sponsors of, of, of the meet. And we get up to a level in the Mass Square Garden in the middle of the building. And sure enough, it's a big event, food and everything for their best customers. So Will looks in there and goes, Here's Harrison Dillard. And I go, oh, yeah. He goes, no, I said, now, we had jacket, shirt, and tie on, so we really weren't out of place. We were yeah. like our coaches. So Will goes, I'd love to go in there. So ditch the clipboard right over here. Oh, Will always has clipboard. <laughs> ditch the clipboard right over there. Don't act like, act like we're just, so we, we just walked in. And you guys just had a good time? Had some, oh, we had something to eat. 
We nice. didn't stay that long, and we shook Harrison Dillard's. <laughs> Will goes, I made my night. <laughs> then we left. He, he did always have a clipboard with him. Always. Always. Yeah. Had always a had a clipboard. Always, always had the meal money sheet on it. Yeah. He was so worried yeah, about that. Was. I go, that was Will, the sheet, yes. The sheet was on I said, Will, just put the clipboard over there. It'll be there when we come out. You know. <laughs> we, we get to, um, to Chicago, NCAA cross-country championships. It is so cold. I mean, literally, you know, when they talk about the hawk, in Chicago, the hawk is yeah. going. <clears throat> so Will and I told you, what are we going to do? So we decided we're going to go, this is before spandex, we're going to go to the department stores and buy up a whole bunch of, of uh, pantyhose. Yeah. So we, we're coaching men, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we go, to, we go to the department store, buy, I don't know, maybe 10, you know, just in case they were torn, maybe 10, 20 pairs of, of pantyhose mm-hmm. and give them to our guys. Our guys were so delighted. <laughs> they were happy. <laughs> they were, oh my God. When it's colleges came in from, you know, like California and Florida, place like that, they're like, where did you guys get those pantyhose from? <laughs> <laughs> Before your time right there, trying to uh, keep our athletes smart. warm. Oh my smart. God. So uh, Jay, you know, talked earlier in the broadcast too. Um, obviously we, we lost Coach Wright. Not too long ago, and then um, sh- shortly after that, um, Southern, New Haven, um, Yale lost Sam Burrell. And for our listeners that don't know, uh, Sam Burrell, Scott Burrell's father, I've had the pleasure of meeting him um, a-, a whole bunch of times, a little uh, later on in his life. But you and Sam were, were close? Bird, for a long time. Uh, Talk I've about your relationship with him. <clears throat> known Sam probably since uh, about 1956, 57. Um, his daughter and my daughter used to have their, their birthday parties together. When, you know, when, when they were when they were young, I watched Scott and Abbott and those kids grow up. But beyond that, Sam Burrell was just an unbelievable individual who had a total focus on youth, youth development, improving the quality of life, you know, for people in the communities in, in which he lived. Sam and I <clears throat> worked together for with uh, youth programs in Haven, and particularly something was called the United States Youth Games, where we would take a hundred people every summer: Birmingham, Texas, Richmond, uh, you know, New York, Boston, for athletic competition. We hosted the United States Youth Games here at Southern in 1977. The, the thing that people didn't realize, most people didn't realize, is that Sam was really the person who raised that money, which was about maybe $100,000, $150,000 a year to take these kids around the country. And it was just <clears throat> the most unassuming person, the most humble, we would never think. Sam was first African-American president of Walter Camp Football Foundation. He got me involved in, in, in it for about 20 years. Sam would, <clears throat> out of all the places he could have taken, the All-Americans and the college coaches, he took them to Solentano School in New Haven, which at the time was all developmental disabled uh, you know, uh, students. And they would go and sit on the floor and, and, and with a brown bag and have lunch with those kids. I mean, you know, then that morphed into, you know, into the, what you guys are now familiar with, which is the uh, uh, stay in school rally, okay? I mean, all of those things, you know, people can talk about what they can't, but none of those things I mean, all those things happened because that was Sam's focus. How do I do, as part of my leadership responsibility at Walter Camp, how can I do these things that, that kids in this urban environment would never have experienced 
if I didn't do it. He was never a let George do it kind of person. That was not, his philosophy was always, if it needed to be done and nobody was going to do it, then let me be, take the lead and, and either do it or ensure that other folks saw things the way I saw, you know, and made it happen. He was just absolutely incredible person. And, and just to let our, our listeners know, obviously the profound impact that you had on him and his family, I happened to be in line, I don't know, seven or eight people behind you um, at his wake on Friday. And I was watching people shake hands and you and your wife were just in front of us. And um, his daughter um, reminded his wife who, who you and his wife were. And that was the only time I, in my time that I was saying that she cracked it. Like she was so excited and thankful to see you guys there. And um, it was actually like, I, I turned to Matt Lukowski, who was in her, I was like, Jesus, like, look at that. Like it was just, it was a surreal moment. And one of her worst times, it was like, she was so grateful that you were there. So obviously you guys had such a, a strong, strong relationship. Very long. Just incredible. Um, I mean, it, there's so much to say about Sam that you can't really do it in, right. in, yeah. in, 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 his, in his podcast, but just an unbelievable family, you know. Yeah, I, I found out that, you know, he also served in the Korean War yep. as a medic, and he got a bronze star, which yep. is so impressive. My my <laughs> Sam story is I was lucky enough to bring him and his wife courtside seats every game. So I got to know him over the years, and uh, one of my favorite stories he told me was that, you know, he played baseball here at Southern, and he yep. was one of the first black men to go down south yep. and play ball. And, um, you know, every time he talked, I, I loved, loved listening to Sam, and um, I will definitely be missed. <clears throat> I, think Sam, I think that Sam was also president of the junior class when he came back to, uh, to school to finish up his, up, up his degree. Okay. Yep. Um, Coach Maloney, another interesting fact for you, and I don't know if it's still, I guess his son Ken's going to have to look up for us, but 1988, you were named the Division II Coach of the Year for Division II? Yes. And you're the only assistant, assistant. You're the only assistant coach to ever be named that in Division II. Is that yes. fantastic? We had a pretty good team, so... I was lucky. I said I was lucky enough to be here for some. Some, you know, people talk about Southern track and field now about how good we are, but it's never. We just kind of kept going. Like I, that's how I look at never it. Never stopped. From, from, yeah. when, from when you guys were here, I mean, I think about, you know, the kid that always stands up the most to me was Ivan Schmidt. I mean, he was, he was an unbelievable high jumper. Yeah. And I remember him coming out to football practice one day for Coach Cav, and Coach Cav was yelling at him, and he turns to the kid next to me and goes, "I don't need this." He goes, "I can high jump seven feet," and that's exactly what he said. To the kid. He's actually. <laughs> A pretty good football player. Yeah, yeah. That was his first love. So, you know, I knew that he was going to make some interest to it. I'll tell you another story regarding how close we all were. You'll remember this. We were at the Penn Relays. And I can't remember if it was my last year at the University of New Haven. It was Bobby and I, my first year with you guys. I think it was my first year with you guys. And over the loudspeaker system, it says, With Will Wright, please report under the stands. Uh, Somebody is sick. <laughs> and Will looks at me and goes, you want to take a walk? And I go, yeah. He goes, I understand. Jimmy had eaten something that had agita. He's lying on ground. He's really hurt. He's like just going, I can't move. And Will's going, oh, my God. Are you gassy, there's Coach Barber? There's 50,000 people in the stands. <laughs> it was oh, my God. I forgot a, about that. It was a classic. Yeah, I forgot what you ate, but Will's going, Oh my, what's, what's, you know, and Jimmy's going, I don't know what's wrong with me, you know. What'd you eat? Do you remember? <laughs> yes, I do. What was it? What was I it? can't remember what the heck I ate. Uh -oh. But, uh, oh, I was in pain. Uh -oh. <laughs> I was in pain. And I, the only person that outed 50,000 people <laughs> that I wanted was Will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh -oh. Jack, what would you say Will's legacy will be at SESU? 
Um, I, I think his legacy is that he helped start something that's pretty good. <laughs> Very good. So uh, he, you know, and it, it enabled the president staff that's doing a great job to continue with it. You know, through many ADs, people sometimes go, well, maybe we'll change a few things up and not will. Uh, I'll tell you a great Will story, great Jimmy story. I played golf recently at Great River. How'd you shoot? Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there to play golf. I mean, I, I thought I was actually kind of in the game, like 46 on the front side, and then it's just, it's painful. <laughs> Tommy Rosati is the pro, Southern 1987. Great golfer. Okay. And we were talking, and mm -hmm. he said his team... Tommy came back from Virginia Tech, and a few other guys all transferred back. Well, we were going through budget cuts here, and I think it was 88, 89, 80, I don't know. It was Ray. Ray was still the AD. Oh. And the four sports they threw out were golf, tennis, wrestling, wrestling, cross, <clears throat> cross country. Hmm. Will, Will and Jimmy, Will got Jimmy behind it, but he wanted no part of that. That was, that was not, and... Those three sports went, cross-country stayed. And Will went to the mat over across the street with Jimmy. So Will comes to me one day and says, <clears throat> give me something to talk about when I go over there. I go, I keep wrestling out because I can't really talk about wrestling. But you got golf, tennis, and cross-country. Well, those are the three sports you can play the rest of your life. Why would you cut them? Your right. team, right? I mean, Tommy Rosati's still a golfer, right. and he's very good. And, you know, in tennis, you know, I forgot Mary was the coach. Uh, I forget her name in cross country. People run forever. So anyway, but that's that's Will's legacy. He, 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 he did not want, you know, he wanted it going for, for a long time. No. Men's and women's and the facilities and out, you know. You know, we used to walk to Bone Field. Mm -hmm. That was our track, you know, so we didn't have an outdoor <clears throat> track. Our throwers had to walk down there with the hammers. We had to carry the hurdles. <laughs> oh, right. gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's how we did things. <clears throat> I mean, really. I mean, so he knew. That's a football practice. All the players would walk down the street. I mean, he knew what was going on. You know, before more field house, they used to go over to Cox Cage two days a week. Yale's always been a very, um, <laughs> a, a pretty good partner in the track world to us. Before Cox Cage. Yeah. Was it back halls of Pell's Gym? <laughs> that's right. That, that's the gymnasium right. itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the repeat 220 from the Pell's Gymnasium to the yeah. Stove Student Center. But, you know, I'd like to add something. Because most people don't realize that when we'll begin to, to, to build this program, we were part of, there was no Division One, Two, Three. Okay, There was a college division, <clears throat> university division. But when we were part of IC4As, I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking 147 College, college universities across the nation. And to, to have been able to perform at the level at which you did, you know, now things are separate. Okay, you know, you know you've got the New, New England, the, the current New England is not what the old New England used to be. When Yale, Harvard, I mean, everyone was, was there. So when you, you're looking at, 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 at an individual who really guided this program in such a way that we were competitive at all levels. I remember when, when, when we were petitioning to get into, in, into uh, the ETAC Division One, and <clears throat> my brother called me from, from Rutgers, and we were talking to Yale and, and to get their vote. But we got a call from the coach at Rutgers, you know, supporting us. 
but she wanted to know. But while we got you on the phone, we, 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 we'd like to know. We, no, while we have, while we have it on the phone, we have a, a, a couple of questions we want to raise. How do you handle your your scholarship athletes who are malingerers? It was, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when she wanted to know, what are you laughing about? I said, well, I have to laugh because we don't have any scholarships. <laughs> and she's like, Southern doesn't have scholarships? Really? No, Southern doesn't have scholarships. We just got good coaches. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, and exactly, it's something else just popped into my head. The NCAA hadn't had a Division II indoor meet. <clears throat> we had cross and we had outdoors. Well, then indoor track starts coming along. I think Will was on the rules committee on the... Uh, I think it was just happening, but Will already knew it was going to happen, and he brought and he tried to he brought Ray up to speed, Ray De Francesco, because they were going to allow track to pick the indoor title that they were they would go to. One, you yeah, could go one to or three. one or three. So <clears throat> I said to Will, I go three. Wow, we could go crazy in that meet. We had a really good team. Kenny Blanchard, Kenny Ricks, Andy Colbrenner, Bryant Neerstead, Jay O'Keefe. I think Mike Gloops was a freshman. We had a really good team. And Will goes to Ray, he goes, but we'll probably bankrupt the department because you had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray goes, how many people do you think you're going to have in the meet? Huh? 13 to 20. And he goes, oh, my God. All right. Go one, and Kenny Blanchard made the one meet. <laughs> so he went to Oklahoma, uh, University of Oklahoma for the meet. With Kenny Blanchard. And there are a lot of coaches that would have brought that to their management. Mm. You know, he knew. He knew how the school, the coffers of the school were. And, you know, he said, look, we're, we're going to, you know, we could bankrupt you if we go the other way. Yeah. Right. Know? So if, if Coach Wright was sitting here with us right now, what do you think he would say is his proudest moment um, at Southern Connecticut State? For Will? Yeah, for him. His proudest moment? Yeah. I think there would be proudest moments. Uh, one would be the number of All-Americans that that this program has, has, has generated. Two would be, uh, the, the, I think, okay, Jack can add to this, the competitive level that the program had, had achieved over the years. And again, I'm referring back to when we were going against the Fordhams, the, the Army, the Navy, the, you know what I mean? Okay. And three, I think the graduation rate for all of our athletes. I think those would be the, the three uh, things that I would think. He was very proud of our um, our achievements our, on the track, mm -hmm. in the field. Very proud of all the things that we did. He was also very proud of the coaching tree at the high school level. Bobby Davis at Hill House, Rob Murray at Danbury, Tommy Jacobs at Amity. I mean, they're they're all Southern grads. They yeah. all came through the program, and <clears throat> they're not good coaches. They are. They're great. I mean, they go out of the region into the New Englands and win. Um, so there's more and more and more. I'm only I only talked about three. There's, I think Southern had the most head coaches in high school track and field in the Probably. state, yeah. and that he must have brought up quite a few times. But ultimately, yes, he was a he was a very proud individual. I remember walking out of Princeton, <clears throat> I see four A's. Ivan had won again. And he looks at me and goes, we're a small little school with a two-time IC4A champion in the high jump. And I go, yes, we are, coach. And that, that was, you know, that little walk across the Princeton parking lot, you could tell he was just, that was one of his favorite events, the high yeah. jump. His father was a high jumper. He high jumped. 
So it was like he was just walking across the parking lot going, I think, this, is, this is a pretty good thing. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that, that there was nothing too small for Will to do. And I, and I share the reason because I, when I think of all the, t- the times when we were sitting on the back of, of a non-passenger wagon with a line marker marking off a five-mile cross-country coach or, or, or out with it, you know, repairing hurdles. Or any, I mean, none of these things, you know, were, were things that would be, was beyond will. If it was something that needed to be done. He did it. He did it. No question. No question. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know you're both track guys, so you like speed, right? Sure. So it's time for the speed round. Okay. We're going to let the listeners get to know, you know, both of you a little bit. So who wants to go first? I'm going to ask a question. First thing that pops to your mind. Who wants to go first? Coach Barber? <laughs> I'll defer to, the, to age. All right, Coach Barber. A little rapid fire. Favorite thing about SCSU? Favorite thing about SCSU? It's been a family for me. Love that answer. Favorite meal in New Haven? Favorite meal in New Haven? Favorite meal in New Haven? Yeah, food. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your um, favorite? Are you a modern Sally's, Pepe's, <clears throat> Ernie's, Zuparty's? I know that's uh, not New Haven, but. Not, um, oh, my God. Not Sally's, but Pepe's. 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 Okay. There you go. Favorite TV channel? Favorite TV channel? Watching TV. What's your favorite TV channel? Oh, my God. It's a tough it's one. Probably CPTV. Okay. Yeah. Favorite place you've traveled in the world? Oh, wow. I think Scotland. Scotland? Yeah. When did you go to Scotland? Uh, I've been to Scotland three times. I was coaching the, the USA women. Okay. Um, twice in, in, in Edinburgh and once in, once in Glasgow. And, I, and the reason why Scotland, because I learned so much about uh, European history mm-hmm. when I was in Scotland that had not been taught to me in, in, in college or in high school. Okay. Uh, so I would get up in the morning and go down to, to the uh, library or the museums every morning. And really, um, I mean, I love Jamaica. I love Puerto Rico. I love Barbados. I love all those places. Yeah. But I think, I think Scotland had something different that I never experienced. I had never experienced. Okay. Yeah. What's the craziest game or meet you've ever been a part of? Craziest meet? Yeah, or, or game. If it was a game, football. <sighs> I didn't try to play basketball against Elgin Baylor. You <laughs> and, played against Elgin? It was, was probably my craziest game because I was on the court. Yeah. Okay. Elgin Baylor was playing basketball. I was on the court. <laughs> you were just there. <laughs> <laughs> I took my headphones off for a second to have a sip of coffee. You played basketball against Elgin Baylor? Oh, but I was on the court with Elgin. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I have to add one another one to because I have a. a, a, a High school classmate of mine who, who was a one arm catcher. Okay. And, uh, you know, the magazines have done some articles on him. Okay, tremendous athlete. But <clears throat> we, were, we were playing, and he's the only person that I know of that actually held Elgin Baylor to under 20 points. Beat him to death with the nub. Okay. <laughs> but that's uh, so, all I mean. That, wow. You know, we, we went into, you know, championship game where where uh, Elgin was team, Spengarn was supposed to win. Yeah. And we won the game by four points, I think it was. But primarily <laughs> because Elgin's nickname is Rabbit. And, okay. And, and, and my classmate is, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
He shut him down. I love it. So really, he shut I him mean, down. He literally beat him to death. That's awesome. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever been given? Be yourself. I love that answer. Favorite late night snack? Popcorn. My last question. If you were trapped in a foxhole, who would you want to help you get out? If I was trapped in a foxhole, I would, I would have wanted Will right in that foxhole with me. There you go. That's a great answer. Thanks, Coach Barber. Uh, Coach Moore, Jack, it's your turn. you're up. You ready to go? Far away. Now you got, you know, you now you know all the, you had some time <laughs> to think about it. So, favorite thing about SCSU? Uh, the camaraderie. Favorite meal in New Haven? Peppies. Favorite TV channel? Golf channel. Nice. Good answer. Favorite place you've ever traveled? Hawaii. Hawaii? My wife loved it. Twice. You've been to all the islands? Yeah, I've been, yes. I've been Pretty to much all of the islands. Yes. What's the craziest game or meet you've ever been a part of? That's easy. It was the Easterns. Mammoth snowstorm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. What was the biggest snowstorm? Was it 79 or 80? Um, Everybody, it was it was two feet of snow. Yeah. Okay. I was coaching at the University of New Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody that had a commute to our van couldn't get to here. We got the van over here. Any school that was in a hotel in the area could get to the meet. Anybody that didn't couldn't get here. The officials had to all be coaches. Will slept in the office in his sleeping bag because <laughs> he knew the storm was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, somebody, one of the coaches from another school out of state did the high jump, and the bar went from 6'6", six, six, instead of going to 6'8", went down to 6'4". <laughs> and that was just, awesome. right, there we go. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Be myself, yes. Favorite late night snack? Peanuts. The ones you got to crack or... All of them, pistachios, All of them, right? cashews. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah. And if you were trapped in a foxhole, who would you want to help get you out? Without a doubt, Will Wright. Will Wright would have won, you know, the, the show Survivor? Yep, he, he would have won. He'd win that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And he admitted that to me once. He said, if I was on Survivor, I'd win. i go, hands down. I said, I don't know anybody <laughs> with a knife and he'll tie stuff up. And That's know. awesome. Yeah. So before we wrap up, wrap up, is there anything else you guys want to add about, you know, Coach Wright or anything like that? I mean, I think we've talked about a lot, but if there's anything else you guys want to add about him for our listeners to hear, I mean, no one knew him, I mean, outside of his family, probably better than you two guys, especially from the Southern Connecticut family. Well, I, I would say one thing, and the, the last year, year and a half was uh, tough physically on him. But before that, I mean, you you really enjoyed his company. You know, he, he, was, he was into, he was, you know, just simple things about sports. He he loves sports. Buffalo Bills. He's from Buffalo. You know, this is a man too that a lot of people don't know. Remember when he got the job at Morristown Prep? That was before he. I can't remember the chronology. It was after Springfield before he went to Indiana or something. I think it was after Springfield. After Springfield, um, before he went to Indiana into the doctoral program, he was at Morristown Prep and he coached football, hockey, <laughs> and track. And he always had a love for hockey and i'd say really he goes to me no he says i coached hockey you know so all that stuff you know it's just the conversational pieces with them and you know and things about life and things about you know that stuff i'll miss it i i think i'm pretty much sure i mean well the relationship between us you know was just incredible i mean it was and as i said there was nothing we couldn't talk about nothing we couldn't delve into we didn't always agree um, but I was just, I was always impressed with what was not pretentious at all. I mean, just not at all. Um, and so you, 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 
you knew, you always knew what you had in front of you. Mm-hmm. You always knew what you, what to expect. Um, and that, that, that's just a characteristic that very few people have. I mean, you know, uh, just a great person. Yeah. I'm glad I got to know him. Like I said, I'm, uh, was fortunate enough to work with him for, you know, 10, 12 years. And then even later on when you guys went to Fordham, I believe from here, coach, you know, you guys, every once in a while, I'd see you guys around or a couple times later, you guys came back when we were at Quinnipiac to practice here. So I got to see him again. And, um, always, always remember my name, which makes me feel good. <laughs> he was a great, great, great guy to work with. I mean, both you guys too. From my standpoint in the equipment room, you two are uh, two of the best, and I, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this today. I'm glad we were able to get together because, um, Coach, we haven't seen you in, in quite some time. Coach Barber, I have the pleasure of at least seeing you at least a, once or twice a week walking through campus. So, um, But we're, we're really appreciative for you guys coming on, sharing your stories with Coach, about Coach Wright, about um, you know, Mr. Burrell. So it's, um, it's great to have you guys here. So, Thank yeah, you. Thanks so much. Well, Anytime you guys want to come back on, chop it up, you're more than welcome. Yeah. I'm looking forward, Coach Barber, for the, the next building is going to be named after you. Huh. It's going to be the uh, the Coach Jim Barber. Maybe it'll be the Athletic Center. You like Coach the Jim sound Barber of that? Athletic Center. You like the sound of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Owl or Nothing Podcast, rate, subscribe, review. Owl Nation, we are out. Oh.